All right, folks, welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast. We're bringing you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to know to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel, and today we've got a great episode for you with executive chef Sean Edelman of the Halal Guys. Welcome, chef. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, let's do this first. Uh, for folks that may not know the brand, uh, talk about your concept, how you guys got started, your location footprint these days. What do you got? Yeah, so we started out in New York City um, with carts on the street. And the goal behind the brand was for the founders who came over as taxi drivers. They looked at most of the other taxi drivers and realized that there was no halal food for the taxi drivers to eat. So they decided to start to put up carts. And they were preparing food at home and then bringing the food to the taxi cab drivers. Well, one thing led to another and the explosion of halal food happened mostly through the cab drivers who were in New York City in the early 90s and early 2000s. From there, the concept just grew and we morphed out and started doing brick and mortars. Well, okay. I was going to ask you how far it goes back. So you're saying 90s, 2000s. And when was the first store? When was the first uh, storefront? So the uh, first storefront was in 2007. Mm -hmm. But the carts were in 1998, I believe, mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. the first time the carts appeared in New York City. And the carts were a smashing success because it catered to one specific demographic. What ended up happening was, was that demographic kept growing and growing. And then word of mouth, everybody wanted to have some of the food because it was just so good, regardless what the ethnicity of the product was. All right. So, so question, I, and I'm not sure how long you've been with the brand and you can please, as part of your answer, you can, you can let me know that. But uh, yeah, I, sure. I, I, rem I remember seeing a press release uh, maybe a year ago at this point that talked about the 100th store. And so that's a lot of growth in a relatively short time span. Talk, talk about that. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, so the brand is just taken off again. I think one of the things and one of the reasons we've been able to have so much success is we keep it really, really simple, really, really focused on really good quality ingredients making sure that the products are cooked to order. You're never going to see food sitting around for long periods of time, product getting old, product just not looking like something that you'd want to eat. So the goal behind it is to keep the product as fresh and as clean as possible. And with that, we've been just able to really, really experience some great growth. Well, I, as far as the simple menu, I wanted to ask you about that because I did see on, on, on the site or as part of another release, it was like, Exactly. Keep it simple. Not a lot of menu items. Um, I, and the first thing that comes to mind is efficiency, profitability, right? When you're not dealing yes. with a lot, a lot of stuff, is that built into the model? Do you see you expanding the menu or do you bring special menu items in? Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a great point. So again, the goal is right, especially in this climate to be able to control costs, be able to control and maximize margins as best as possible. What's way to, what's the best way to do that? is to run efficient back of house kitchens, right? Mm -hmm. Minimize your labor, try to keep the cook times of items as simple and as easy as possible, where you're able to teach the staff really, really quickly and efficient ways in order to produce products. So with that being said, we're able to really, really hone in on a few items that we make. We're able to purchase those items in large bulk quantities, mm -hmm. pass those savings along to the franchisees who could then maximize margins and at the same time, like mentioned previously, you're really able to control your labor cogs because the goal behind it is, is to try to make it as simple as possible, as clean as possible with the best flavors possible.
How how do you? This is a question I always think about because everybody has this this brand creep, right? Scope could go to the grocery store and there's fifty thousand varieties of everything. Yeah, I'm sure you go through the same thing. Why don't we add this to the menu? Why don't we do that? And you, I think you guys take a very kind of narrow approach. How do you how do you resist that creep, that product creep? Yeah. So so what we do do is is we do run quarterly LTOs. So we'll run the LTOs and we'll try to pair the LTOs with something as far as what we're doing on the menu currently right now. So the goal is to try to bring something in that's not a like product to what we already have. That's where we get to play with the flavors. That's where we get to experiment a little bit, see what the guest reaction is, see what the guest feedback is, and really, really play with different flavors, especially throughout the Middle East. And then there's also some fusion stuff where we're able to pair it with maybe some South American flavors and Middle Eastern flavors. Um, just really have fun with it. That's the goal. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about geography for a second. Started in New York. I, I, there's probably more units in that part of the country, but but you've really expanded to pretty wide now. Where are you guys? What are some other big markets? Where are you going in the future? Yeah. So other big markets for us, again, going to be Houston, Texas. The Texas market is a tremendous mm-hmm. market for us. Mm-hmm. Houston is huge. Dallas is huge. California, again, Southern California, Los Angeles is a very big market for us. San Francisco is a big market. Um, again, Virginia is another big one. New Jersey, New York, really, really big markets. Overseas right now, we're also in London. Okay. We're in, we're in South Korea and we're also in Indonesia. Um, all right. So internet, all right. So international expansion as well. That, qu- question, Absolutely. question for you is everything as you expand franchisee based or are there corporate locations combination of. So combination of all of the above mm-hmm. franchisee. There's also some combination where corporate and franchisees partner mm. and we'll open some locations and all of the New York locations. Those are corporate owned. Okay. Okay. So um, corporate runs all those locations out of New York. And then that's where our beta or our test market mm-hmm. really takes place. So everything kind of gets tested and baited in that market. Once we're comfortable with the product, once we know how the product works, user feedback, work the cogs, we're able to then roll that out as either an LTO or mm-hmm. an item for the franchisees to work through. Okay. All right. It makes sense. Makes sense. And you may or may not be involved in the, in the, in the franchisee part. You can, you can answer that or you can speak to it, but what, what do you, what does the brand look for in terms of franchisee folks? Are they one location folks? Are they area people doing five or 10? What, what do you see there? Yeah. Again, I'm not the person to talk to that in details, but I do know that we're looking for people who are really, really serious about the brand and who Mm want to expand the brand and want to help grow the brand. Those are the most important things to us, but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure, or I don't know the specifics or the details on what the maximum or the minimum amounts are per specific region, per yeah. location. What let's, let's, I, I want to go to, well, New York was a big COVID market and still, I, I wish we were hundred percent through, through that process. Yeah. But did you guys, what, what are some of the learnings you took from that in terms of speed of delivery, packaging, takeout, maybe online ordering apps? Uh, t- talk about that. Yeah. So, so again, this really kind of like really worked into our wheelhouse really, really well, because a lot of the footprints of the locations that we have in the New York area, mm-hmm. they're smaller stores, they're smaller footprints. So we're geared towards either takeout or delivery. That's kind of what the shops are geared towards. And then if you look at the carts, the carts are geared more for people who are just going to come on the line, pick up the product and keep moving, either go to their office, go back home, et cetera, et cetera. 
So with that being said, we already kind of had a head start on a lot of other brands and a lot of other concepts because we were so apt in doing that for so long. The one area where we really saw really great growth for us was in the catering area. So family mm -hmm. meals, catering packages, those sort of items really, really picked up for us. And we were able to get ahead of the curve and really put out a great product for families who were either stuck in their houses, um, people who were stuck at work, and we were able to package meals together, complete meals across the board, and then have those delivered to specific offices or specific homes. Yeah, it's good. I was gonna. I had a note to ask you about catering because I could see that as being a, a great. Uh, obviously, I'm sure you did it before, but it becomes a, a big focus and something you can continue to to do in the future. On the Absolutely. tech, on the tech side, like you probably had a lot of stuff figured out, but did did you did you learn some things on the tech side to go faster or more efficiently? Any kind of yeah, of there? course, yeah, for sure. Uh, again, so one of the things that really works well and makes it a little bit easier for us is the food travels really, really well. Mm -hmm. So that's already a plus for us. But on the tech side, yeah, I think one of the things was for us was being able to figure out how to pair items and how to put items together most mm. efficiently. So using tech to be able to try to segregate orders or hold orders apart, everybody has a different um, ask. Some people want different condiments. Some people want different toppings. And again, when you're trying to do large catering orders, everybody's order is completely different. Nobody really has the same exact order just based on toppings alone. So from the tech standpoint, able to use tech to try to create add-ons and subtractions for mm -hmm. every single dish and then have those match up in the POS system, that was a little bit of a, a run for us, but we were able to get that down really, really fast and get over that hump. Right. Right. Yeah. I could see that it's, it's, uh, as a user, right. Uh, we expect when we click a box and it says, you know, put that with that and put that with that, we expect it to work perfectly. And we know, you know, historically, right. When you make that phone call, you know, it's 50, 50, that it's going to work. You're a little bit more reliant when you, when you click in a button on an app that it's going to work, but there's a big disappointment on the customer side when the wrong thing is in the box. So it, it Absolutely. is, it's, it's a big deal. And you know, or when you get home and with this happened to everybody, right. You get home and you're like, where's the, you know, whatever it yep. is, whatever and they didn't yep. put it in. And like, that's a, that's a big miss. And so while, you know, takeout and delivery can be efficient and expand, you really can, you know, really can mess up. So, uh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's important. Um, question for you on the, on the labor side. So, um, New York and all your markets, I'm sure experience different labor challenges. Again, maybe to your wheelhouse is your, you know, low footprint, low sure. labor in, in store, but even mm -hmm. still hiring people, finding people, I think your website I was on, on on a little while ago, I think you guys had a nice piece on on culture and people. It seems like that's an important piece of the business. If you could talk about the culture and the philosophy of people and any challenges you guys had in that, that kind of stretch of labor just being bonkers to find. Yeah, so for sure. We really struggled with labor for a while there too. It was touch and go, but trying to find incentives to pe keep people coming back. Mm. Again, it's really, really important for us. We want people who want to be in the stores. We want people who want to grow with us. We want people who want to come in, want to be excited about the brand, want to be excited about the product. We don't want to be your normal everyday QSR who's just putting out the product just to put the product out. We want the staff to be excited about the product. We want the staff to have a say in the product. And I think one of the things that's really, really important is, is we really, really practice, especially from the back of house standpoint, we want the staff to taste the food. Mm. You're cooking the product, taste the food. Is it right? Does it fall in line with what we're practicing and what we're preaching? Are you following the guidelines? 
if it's not right, don't serve the product. We preach that we'd rather not serve a product that's not 100% or 110% correct. We'd rather just 86 and not sell the product that specific day and let the guests know, hey, we had a problem with the product. The product is not right. We're not selling the product today. And I think that goes a long way in building consumer confidence. Yes, you're going to have some guests who are upset because if you're you're thinking and you're wanting to have something specific and you get to the store or a specific location, you can't have it. Well, I know at the end of the day, if it's me, yeah, I'm going to be upset because I probably traveled somewhere to get something. But at the end of the day, I'm also going to be pretty happy to say, you know what? I probably just didn't spend 10 or $12 and get a product that I'm not going to be 100% mm-hmm. satisfied with. Mm-hmm. And they had the wherewithal and the foresight to pull the product and not serve a product that was 110%. I mean, to me, that goes a long way. And I think it really, really helps in building consumer confidence over a long period of time. It does. It does. Agreed. Agreed. I, I want to go back to something you said, just to send part of that beginning answer there. Um, career growth incentives to keep people, uh, do, do you see, you know, people come in as uh, front of house management, locate general, you know, regional managers. Is that, is that, is that a trajectory for folks? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you have cooks who come in and the cooks are experienced, the goal is to try to teach the cooks and let them run through every single station, learn the stations, learn why we're different, which is what our slogan is or our motto. We are different from every other QSR. Once you can learn why we're different and what we do differently, the goal is to try to move you up through the ranks, move you into a management position, move you into either a lead cook or a supervisor position, run a busy store, run a busy shift, run a different outlet, right? Mm -hmm. There's also one thing that we really take into consideration too a lot of times is is flexibility, right? Because flexibility for us is really important as it is with an employee too. Yeah. So having that flexibility gets you to see different shifts at different times of the day where different things are going on. I think that really, really helps an employee and it really helps them to see what the whole entire business is instead of getting a small snapshot and only being able to see one small window. Yeah, I did. I did get a good feel for that that culture piece and that and that growth piece when I look when I look at it. So we we hit on a lot, really, really kind of quickly. Anything that we yeah. didn't hit on, or anything you guys have coming down the road that you want to introduce, or location wise, anything else you want to share about websites or socials? Uh, please feel free to do that. Yeah. So so LTOs are are a constant growth for us. Um, we're always looking feedback from our guests, looking for feedback from our guests. What do they want to see? What things excite them? Where do they want us to go next? Um, locations where there's so many locations that I need a half hour just to tell you where the locations ah, are specifically as to go. where we're opening up. Um, European market is another huge, tremendous market for us where we're going to see some pretty, ex- pretty, pretty explosive growth over the next year to two. Um, we're also looking in Australia and we're also looking to open up in the Middle East hmm. where there's been a tremendous desire to get us there for a while now. Okay. All right. Very exciting stuff. So a brand that's on the rise, folks, check them out. Folks, that was Chef Sean Edelman of The Halal Guys. You can find them at thehalalguys.com. For more great restaurant marketing and operations, service, people, and tech tips, stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Chef. Thank you so much. Have a great day.